I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Well, today I am excited to have Dr. Tara Jenkins with me as we have a conversation around Exodus chapter three and what the Lord is teaching her. Dr. Jenkins is a powerful and inspiring teacher of God's word. She's also the founder of Ministry Mates, which is an organization designed to minister to senior pastor's wives. And she's authored three books. Her most recent one is Enoughness, The Journey to Discovering Who You Already Are. Well, welcome, Tara. It is so great to have you on the podcast and get a little time with you today. Thank you, Jody. I am so excited to be a part. Thank you for thinking of me, inviting me. This is just an amazing thing that God has called you to do. Well, thank you, friend. I just love hearing you teach. And I knew from the moment I heard you teach, I was like, oh, she's got to come on the podcast. So here we are. (laughs) Well, I'd love to know, why don't you tell us just a little bit more about who you are? I kind of gave a rough sketch, but uh, tell us a little bit more about you. I'm a small town girl from Tennessee, 100,000 people in my city that I was growing up in, three McDonald's, one mall. And then God just has been navigating my stops and my steps. I have been married to Charles Jenkins for 24 years. Uh, 20 of those years, he was in the role of senior pastor of one of the most historic churches in Chicago, Fellowship Chicago. And so through that journey, we have had three amazing kids trying to navigate that going from childhood to young adulthood right now. So I have a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 13-year-old. And so it's been a, a life filled with adventure, filled with motherhood, ministry, and marriage. I love it. That's a great introduction to who you are. And that is a busy season of life with those ages of kiddos. Well, hey, before we dive in, let me just give us a quick reminder of the passage. I'm not going to go into any of the context because I did that in the meditation podcast. Um, But this is one of the most famous Moses passages, I think, because it is the burning bush. It's the thing that we all talk about, his burning bush moment. So let me read the passage for us. It is Exodus chapter three, verses one through five. And verses 10 through 12. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. 
Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. All right, Tara, there is a lot in that passage. And we did this scripture meditation asking the Lord to show us a word or a phrase, an idea, a thought. So tell me about where you and the Lord went in this passage. When I read this oh, and meditated on this, what stuck out to me was the you and I. Mm. And so I began to read it again and underline everywhere that I saw you and I. And it just made the calling experience, this account of it is personal. Mm -hmm. It's not between a group of people. It's not a pulpit committee. It's not a vote. It is a called experience between you and the Lord. And I just begin to think about you and I moments, you and I. I love that. That is powerful that that's where you went. And such a great detail, this repetitive nature of God calling Moses specifically. This was a specific calling for Moses. And of course he does the same for us too. Well, so tell me what was your next step with him as you kind of went into this a little bit more and started asking, okay, Lord, so I've noticed this you and I in the passage. How does that apply to your life right now? I feel like God's callings are so clear. They're customized and he calls us by name. And so when I see him say Moses, there's no way that he could say, oh, he must be talking to somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had like thought that someone was waving at you and they weren't waving at you? And you're like, hi. And then only to notice that, no, not you. I'm talking to the person behind you. Yeah. And then you like (laughs) act like you were scratching your head. (laughs) Like, like, oh, oh, that you didn't mean that for me. (laughs) And so he calls him by name. Mm -hmm. And so it's very clear that this calling is for you. And then he customizes it and it continues the you and I thing that I mentioned. And so in my own life, I've looked for confirmation and the thing that I see in the pretext and the context is that calling doesn't always come in places of of comfort. And so in my life, my husband kind of laughs at it because if I see any resistance or any hiccup in a plan, my first go-to line is, oh, it must not be meant. It is like, no, that's not what that means. It means you might have to push through some things, even in the midst of your yes. Mm -hmm. And so confirmation doesn't come through comfort. And often I'm looking for the perfect uh, scene, the perfect set of circumstances to go forward and do something that God has placed on my heart when sometimes your yes comes 
after being on the run from murder, your yes comes <laughs> in the middle of an unknown, strange circumstance. Because that's another word that I, I circled is that it's it was a strange thing to see this bush, yeah. yet he didn't run away from it. He walked toward it. Mm-hmm. I love that, that our confirmation doesn't come through comfort. And if Moses's story can't teach us that, I don't know who can. He, like you said, he was on the run for murder. He's wandering in the desert for 40 years. Um, Now he's, you know, obviously formed some sort of life while he's been there. He's married, he has kids now, but this was not the life he imagined for himself. And I also love how you said that there was something strange going on and he didn't run away from it. And I think that's also a great lesson to learn from Moses because I like you. I want to know the plan. I want to know all the things are lined up and I don't want it to feel strange. I want it to feel very normal and very comfortable. And that's just my flesh. Can I get a complete itinerary? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Can I have the map and the hourly itinerary of where exactly we're going? If Moses teaches us anything, there is no map. (laughs) There is no map. And so our yes is required, even when we don't know the details of the next. Yes. And so that has been a part of my journey, our journey as a family. Uh, It's so amazing. Recently, my husband, he felt this sense that 2019 was going to be our last year in full-time senior pastor leadership at this church in Chicago, where we had been for two decades. And he didn't know why. He didn't know exactly what was next. We are, we feel called to create content that, that uh, affects the culture uh, through music, arts, and film. But we just didn't know exactly how that was going to be fleshed out. And the amazing thing that was that our last Sunday in that role was the last Sunday of December 2019. And literally, we stepped away, had this retirement party, had a big bash. And 10 Sundays later, the world as we knew it, the church world as we knew it, Sundays as we knew it, completely shifted. And I just am still in awe that that happened 10 Sundays after our last Sunday. And it was just like, who knew? God knew. And it was just walking toward a new season that was strange, that we don't know exactly what it looks like. We have three expensive kids <laughs> and just trusting yep. on, on the way to the next. So how did he sense, how did you both sense that stirring that this was time? I, from my seat in the pew and watching him um, have, we have like four services a, a week and I began to feel a distance between some of the things he was called to say and where the people in the pew were in that moment. Mm. And he began to talk about the use of media and he would be giving casting vision about film and he would be casting vision about um, infiltrating culture with, with different forms of media. And I could see some of the vision he was giving going beyond the building where we were. Mm -hmm. And so 
I just knew that there was something we were called to do there. And then there was something we're called to do beyond there. And so we're still very much connected. We're still uh, tithing members of Fellowship Chicago. But God has called us to do some things that are beyond the four walls of the church in this season. I love that. I think that's so true to how I believe that God calls most of us. It's just a stirring. It's a noticing. Um, And even like with Moses, the bush is a very normal thing. But all of a sudden, it's shaking with flames. So you're yeah. you're having to look at the normal things of life that start to shimmer, that start to make you notice what's going on. And I think that's where we as followers have to take that pause to really have space with God so that we can notice his movement so that instead of just going, well, you know, honey, I think you need to maybe not preach those messages to our people. They're not ready for them actually listening to the fact that God's placed this dream in his heart, it doesn't feel like it's landing in this place anymore. So what does that mean? What's the next step? What do we do about it? Um, yeah, absolutely. And not leaning to our own understanding <laughs> in the season that we're in, because I'm like, well, having a senior in high school, isn't really the time to step out on faith. <laughs> No, no. (laughs) But God doesn't consult us in those ways. He already knows. He does. And I think having lived, you know, with the number of years we have behind us now and the journey that we've been on with the Lord, we know that, yes, he never calls us on our timeline, never at the convenience of our, you know, request, so to speak, um, or at a time that feels like the world would say, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And yet when he calls, it is always the absolute right thing to do. Like you said, you could look back and go 10 Sundays, 10 Sundays and the entire world got turned upside down. Who knew? We know who knew God knew God knew. and God needed you guys positioned in a different place for the work he was calling you to do in the world that felt so disrupted being able to use media in a positive way, because guess what? that's all people got. We didn't get Sundays anymore for a while. So uh, I love that. Okay. So that's a God story. It is a God story. I would love to know as you kind of kept going deeper into this, was there something that he was saying to you right now with this word? The words, I will be with you. They resonate so much because we've lived in different cities and I would like to have some sense of community, home. I know this many people in this city and that's not the season that I'm in in this moment. I'm in a city with very limited relationships, uh, not any administrative support that it, that's in my city and the words I will be with you mm-hmm. I might prefer to have some other people with me in this time but God says I will be with you and he being with me and me being in what I believe is God's perfect will in my life in this moment is more important than me being out of God's will and surrounded with people that I know and love. 
Yeah, that goes back to the comfort thing again. Those are the things that you would choose. But God is saying, no, I, I'm actually enough. And yes. I will be with you. I'm more than enough. <laughs> yes. I'm all sufficient. And I just think that's, oh, that's a really good reminder. I know a lot of us feel, or I should say, I felt what you were saying, you know, just kind of this disruption, a little bit of loneliness and not because yeah. you don't have good friends all over the country, but in the place that you're in it, it's new and it's different and that's hard. It's hard to integrate into a whole new community because you moved to a different state, right? Yes. yes. And so yeah, it's that's that's a lot of disruption. And just to sit with God and have him speak those beautiful words to your soul. Tara, I'll be with you. I will be I will you. be with you. That goes back to the you and I. And I think sometimes God moves us out of our comfort zone so that we can have more you and I moments. Mm-hmm. Because if we were surrounded with the busyness of all of the huge community that we were used to, that can limit that you and I time. Well, I know something of that as well. I think you're absolutely right. I moved out of a very busy career and just a very busy life. And there has been a lot more of you and I time and it has been healing. It has been deepening in my relationship with the Lord uh, challenging and stretching. And cause I'm going to him instead of filling my days with busy work and, and, you know, people, and all of a sudden the day's over, I actually am having to sit with him and sometimes let the, the moments stretch on <laughs> and be uncomfortable in that space. So I totally am resonating with what you're saying. <laughs> yes. And, and it reminds me of the song. I'm not sure of the title, but it, the song starts, he is jealous for me. Mm, that's a good song. I love that. For me. <laughs> and that's just, it's, it proves to be true. It does. He, he yeah. wants that number one spot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that I love about this passage is how I think it ties to some of the work that you have done. Um, your book, Enoughness, is all about being enough, believing that who God has made us to be is enough. And I see a lot of echoes in Moses going, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you want me to do what? And sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm good enough for that. I'm not sure my past hasn't disqualified me from the work that you're calling me to do. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Like if you were having a conversation with Moses and probably more appropriately, if you're having a conversation with us, because I think we all resonate with that feeling of not being enough to do what feels like sometimes really stretching work that God is asking us to do. For sure. When we look at Moses's life and we look at our own lives, we are not saying that we're enough independent of God. We're enough depending on God. We're we're enough to say yes to what he's calling and what he has created us to do. And so in the passage, we see Moses ask God, who am I? Who, Who am I that I should be the one that you chose? And sometimes God 
tells us clearly what to do. And our response is not a yes, it's a question. It's like, wait, 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 maybe you've forgotten that I did this. Maybe you've forgotten that I have this in my past and I have this in my present. Right. And God says, you are enough. And in my book, Enoughness, I go through six stages of enoughness. And I feel that each of us have had moments where we've gone through these stages from stage one, feeling like you would never be enough to the last stage of knowing that you are enough already. Mm -hmm. And so even with Moses, we see him not feeling like he's enough because he asks that question, who am I? But then we see his yes. And he realizes that he's enough already. And it's a double meaning in the term enough already. You're enough and you're all A-L-L ready. I love it. What God's called you to do. That's beautiful. And Moses gets there (laughs) and he (laughs) wrestles with God. And we're going to go into that in the next podcast where he really pushes back on God and questions him. And God gets to a point where I think Moses walks right up to the line because it says God is angry with him, but he does help him and he gives him signs and he tells him he'll be with him again and again and again. And he proves it over and again. Um, Well, what else stood out to you in this passage? Or was there anything else that really surprised you as you did this process? I think going back to that you and I one last time, when we see in that final verse, I will be with you and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. It's all about who has sent us. Because if we go in our own power, if we go in our own name, we already know that is what is not enough. But when we know who is the one who has sent us, That is the game changer. And just knowing that we didn't make up these callings, these callings that we're feeling are conjured, that it is actually the Lord who sent us. And there was a a special that was on television that Oprah had produced called The Legends Ball. And they did a documentary on the entire process. And one of the most interesting intriguing things about this um, event was that each person got a custom-made invitation. No two invitations were the same. And people were just wild because they had never gone to an event where each invitation was custom-made for them. And it reminded me of God's invitation to us. There are no invitations that are the same. And so Moses can't look to the left, to the right, or you who are listening can't look to the left or the right and look at, let me see your invitation and decide (laughs) that you want that to be your invitation. No, when Ephesians talks about walking worthy of the vocation where we're called, the word called there is literally transliterated from the word invited. And so we've each been invited. And it's a custom invitation that looks like nobody else's invitation. And so our yes has to be for our custom, customized clarion call from God to do what he's created us to do. So good. Gosh, that's so encouraging. So the question I'm thinking that some people might be wondering is, well, how do you know that it's God's call? Maybe not just something I dreamt up in my own imagination. Tell me some of the ways that God has 
confirmed the calling or given the calling? And how did you know it was God? You know, there are times when you're given a prompt to do something that you know that you would never do on your own, or you know that it's not in your natural makeup to do that. You're like, no, I don't like kids enough to want to mentor them. (laughs) But sometimes you have this desire to reach out and connect with a specific person. That's a God thing. And so uh, in my own life, I've always I felt connected to convening uh, women, wives, and girls. And that is just one of those things, what Margaret Feinberg calls a sacred echo. It's one of those things that if you just trace your steps and you trace your stops and you trace your story, you will see those things continue to resurface. And so God continues to put me in situations where I'm convening women, wives and girls. And so if that's new wife, if that's a new wife, if that's a pastor's wife, if it's a minister's wife, if it's a wife of an influential leader in corporate America, that's been something that just, it continues to come to me without question, without uh, me trying. Um, It's those relationships, those questions, those prayer requests, um, just God can put you in rooms and you find out you're doing the same exact thing again and again and again. And that's the way God confirms what he has me doing. I love that. And I love what you just said that when we look at our stops and our steps, I think you said our steps and our stops and our story, that's a beautiful way of looking back and seeing where has God used us? What kind of gifts has he given us? Um, Even what are some of the hard things in our life and how does he turn those into ministry opportunities? For me, I think it's really been um, confirmed through like, and it's almost exactly what you said through circumstances, through God's people um, echoing or inviting or affirming something And, um, obviously none of it contradicts God's word. Although I don't think we often find a exact personalized invitation. Like you were talking about that is specific to us. God's word is very specific and the Holy spirit can absolutely use it to pierce our heart, but it doesn't say Jody. And now you will go here. (laughs) Um, so, but God's word often confirms the calling. I'll start to see, like you said, those sacred echoes, all of a sudden I'll be reading God's word. And it's just like the themes keep popping up over and over again. Um, yeah. So those are in prayer. Of course, when I'm praying and asking the Lord, is this something you want me to do? If I feel, you know, just like it keeps coming up, then yeah, it feels like maybe I should take a step forward there. I also love how you said it. A lot of times it's something that just kind of pops into our mind, a prompting, and you're like, where did that come from? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I um, was watching an interview with Naomi Campbell once and someone asked her, when did you decide to be a supermodel? And she said, I never decided to be a supermodel. I just kept walking through open doors. And I feel like our life, our walk is very similar. We just keep walking through open doors that we sense are from God. Mm, Very encouraging. Well, what other words of encouragement do you have for us as we wrap up anything else about this passage or even just about being enough and 
as we follow God? I think that each and every one of us has to be reminded that there isn't some place of arrival where you feel like you are perfect enough to do everything that's on your plate or in God's plan for you. That's how God created us to depend on his strength. The word of God also talks about us being made strong in our weakness. And so there's not a place of arrival that you're going to get yourself together enough to say yes. But there is a process that God is continually taking us through and a journey that each and every one of us is on. And we just have to say yes, not knowing exactly how it's going to be fleshed out, but knowing that the Lord is with us. I am sending you. I will be with you. And so knowing that it's he, that's God that's sending us, and it's he, God, who will be with us, that is our comfort in knowing that we can say yes, already not feeling enough, knowing that he is enough. It is God's sufficiency that is able to come in the place of our insufficiency and give us the enoughness that we need to know the God in me is enough to be what I'm called and created to be. So good. That is an amazing last word, I think, for us. Thank you so much. I have truly loved having this conversation with you. And I know so many people are going to be so encouraged by it. So thanks for taking some time to be with us, Dr. Tara Jenkins. Thank you, Jody. Thank you for the invitation to be with you. (laughs) Well, before we go, tell people where can they find you? And if they'd love to grab your book, where can they get that? You can see all things Tara Jenkins on tarajenkinsonline.com. TaraJenkinsOnline.com. Perfect. I will put that in the show notes and also tell people where they can follow you on social media. You're a fun follow. So make sure you do that as well. (laughs) Thank you. Well, friends, I also just want to thank you for joining me and Tara on so much more today because we really do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us and we are creating space to listen. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.